Goldthorpe is number one. A kickstart for Australia. Gold in a world record. Now it's Donovan Bailey trying to pick up runners. Donovan Bailey is putting on the third. A perfect score, 10.0 for Nancy Cavanici, a perfect score. The first time I've never seen anyone get a over 100 years, nobody's won as many medals at the Olympic Games in any sport than this great champion, Michael Phelps. Usain Bolt, sprinting ahead, winning by daylight and setting a world record. 9.68, the wind is okay. How easy was that? Welcome back to Off the Podium, an Olympics podcast, and we have been bringing you plenty of interviews over the last little while uh, involving the great sport of gymnastics. But uh, for the first time, we're going to talk to an American gymnast. And of course, this is the sport. This is like hockey in Canada. This is what they live for in the Olympics. Uh, American gymnast and somebody who is actually front and center in one of the biggest stories in Tokyo. Uh, We are talking to Jordan Childs of Childs and Biles, as we find out this, the dynamic duo. Uh, and this was exciting because, uh, by the way, Ben is joining me. Thank you, Ben. Hello. Uh, hello. Thank you for that introduction. I'm <laughs> thrilled to be here. I'm Colin, by the way. Uh, we don't do my name is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> People say you hearing my voice at the beginning of this. Like, Who's this Canadian guy? <laughs> I shed the accent. That's all it is. Uh, yeah. But uh, this was great because we talked a lot about Jordan Childs uh, in Tokyo. And... Uh, I think when you sent the list of, oh, these are the people we have coming up in an interview, <laughs> I'm like, you remember who Jordan Childs is, right? <laughs> this was one of our biggest talking points of the games, but uh, we did it. It's it's coming up in mere seconds, maybe minute or so. Uh, ben, you enjoyed this as much as I did? I did. And in my defense, there has been a lot of interviews that have been scheduled and to kind of destroy the illusion of podcasting, we don't sort of do these three times a week. Like, you know, there are days where I'm doing six interviews in a day, uh, sort of banking these essentially. So kind of when you, when you're compiling a list and you sort of have people coming and saying, yes, you kind of just go, oh yeah, cool. Who's this Michael Phelps? Yeah. I don't know who that is. Um, (laughs) Sadly, the Michael Phelps interview isn't coming. Maybe who knows? We bumped uh, up. yeah, we bumped in for Jordan, clearly. Um, but it's it's kind of you, you get to that point where you're just sort of in such a almost a, a zone. But no, this is a, this is a great chat. Um, you know, you sort of alluded to there that you think of Team USA, you think of kind of the dominance that they have at the Olympics in general. And we talked a little bit during Tokyo about hey, what sports are they not good in? You know, and that sort of stuff. But like if, if they have the one sport that kind of you know hangs over everything else, it's gymnastics. And I, for one, growing up have always enjoyed watching gymnastics. I mean, I was, you know, Athens was sort of the first one that I really kind of got into. I remember being a huge fan of Courtney Cooper's back then. Uh, and then kind of, you know, over the years following a lot of the American gymnasts. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a, this is a great chat and an honor to speak to Jordan. Cause she, she tells some great stuff. It's a great story. What she does tell in this interview. So tune in for the next little while, 45 <laughs> no, minutes right or now. so. You've listened to the intro. You don't care about the rest. The this is best all you is over. Here, right? Let's be honest. Yeah, it. <laughs> it's you all know. downhill from here. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all uphill because uh, she was a lot of fun. So uh, here it is, our great interview with Olympic silver medalist, Jordan Childs. Oh. 
Well, a couple months ago, uh, most of our listeners probably remember uh, the the big event during the Tokyo Olympics of the gymnastics all around. Uh, And you probably heard us talk about our next guest a couple of times because uh, somehow she ended up front and center in one of the biggest stories of the Olympics, uh, which is why we're thrilled to have her here. Uh, Jordan Childs, Olympic silver medalist from U.S. Team Gymnastics. Jordan, thanks for joining us on Off the Podium today. No, thank you for having me. This is an honor. This is about to be a crazy podcast, and I love it. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll try to live up to our reputation <laughs> if you're willing to <laughs> give us the assist here, like, you, like you're known for doing. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll kind of get to how Tokyo went for you a little bit later on, but we always like to start off just by finding out you know, how uh, our guests actually got into their sport of choice. So uh, how did you get into gymnastics? What age were you? What drew you to the sport in the first place? So actually... I used to play softball when I was younger, and it was something that, yes, I could hit a ball and get a home run, but when I was in the outfield, all I did was cartwheels and pick daisies like every other (laughs) child in the world. Um, So basically, my dad put me in gymnastics, and at the age of seven, that's when I started, and that's where my journey all began. So, so we could have almost been talking to you right now, celebrating an Olympic silver medal from softball. It could have been sort of that <laughs> yeah. journey. Maybe if you weren't sort of doing those cartwheels and picking daisies, it could have stuck that way. And either way, you're still an Olympic silver medalist. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I should I should think of it. I thought of it. Maybe I should go back to softball. It looks pretty cool, but I think I'll stick to gymnastics for right now. <laughs> it's paid off for you, I guess, at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, we have to clear this up. We have lots of questions to ask you, but uh, Ben and I were just sort of talking off air, a little bit of trivia we read on you. You were named after somebody very famous. Now, can you confirm or deny this for us? Because I'm sure you've been asked it before. Yes, I am named after somebody famous. It's His name is Michael Jordan. He is somebody that my mom just loved and believed that he was amazing like everybody else. Like he was, He's a goat. He's a real true goat. Um, so, yes, I am named after him. Wow. And is I that why they wanted to throw you into to baseball originally? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's not why. Um, I think I'm just very, very like athletic when it comes to a lot of things. Um, I used to do track as well. I used to do ballet and dance, which is not in the sports realm, but I used to do a lot of different sports before gymnastics. The thing as an Australian, Colin, as a Canadian, we, we sort of look at Team USA at any Olympics and obviously, you know, admire the, the quality and the progression and, and the success that they have. But one of those sports that is always sort of held high is gymnastics. And I can imagine sort of working your way through the, the ladder when you get into it and sort of working your way up to eventually appearing at the Olympics is obviously quite a process. But when you start sort of the ground up, making your way through those those levels. Was it an aspiration to aim towards an Olympics? Was this kind of always your goal from a young age? And if so, sort of, you know, do you remember watching an Olympics, maybe having that spark sort of ignited that this is what you want to do one day? Actually, yes. Um, in 2008, I told my mom that I didn't specifically say I wanted to be an Olympic medalist. I said I wanted to be an Olympian. I didn't know what sport it was going to be. I didn't know how I was going to get there. I just wanted to be an Olympian. So going and looking back at when I was younger, that was in 2008. That's when I like first started gymnastics. I didn't know what I was putting myself through at all. Like throughout the whole time period of being in the sport, it was just all of, okay, I want to be an Olympian. And 
I somehow have to figure out what sport I'm going to do. And so gymnastics kind of just stuck with me. And that's something that just was my talent. It was my gift. And so I took that talent and gift along and my whole journey has been crazy. And, you know, when I look back at myself now, I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. All these accomplishments and body aches and pains, like there's a big reward out of it. And it's pretty cool to see that. I find one thing fascinating about gymnastics and that's that uh, you don't necessarily have somebody, I mean, sure everybody has their one discipline that they specialize in, but there is that all around event. And uh, even at, at like a junior high, high school level, I'm sure even you know at eight years old, you're sort of trained on all of those. Uh, did you have one that you excelled in early on or were you just, even as a child training, I want to be able to master all of these across the board? I didn't have any that, excelled faster than the other they all kind of were similar um I mean some of them obviously like for instance bars and beam are a little harder to get because it's a different type of body muscle mass that you have to use than vault and floor so everything just kind of was brought together at the end of the time being of me having to start to compete and all that but other than that there was no sport that I was specifically good at. I'm known to do all around, but people always say you're so good at vault and floor because I'm so powerful, but I'm known as an all arounder. And I think that's just kind of something that's been me. How does the progression work when you're working your way through the levels? So when you sort of start, you know, kind of making your way, as I said before, sort of about the ladder, kind of, you know, working your way up ultimately till you get to level 10 status, I believe, by the age of 10. I mean, kind of how does that work? Is it judged basically by coaches? Are coaches saying this is where you're at? Do you have to kind of meet certain criteria? You're performing certain tricks on certain apparatus. I mean, how does that work? So for me, I, I went through levels really, really fast. Like, yes, at the age of 10, I was level 10, which is very uncommon and rare to see a 10-year-old doing such high-level moves. I think it's all about, I don't even want to say your coaches, but yes, your coaches and yourself, your dedication and knowing that if this there's a dream that you want to achieve, that your mind will just be in that position just to be like okay every day I'm going to go in work hard do this that and the other learn new skills figure out what's the right thing to do and what's the wrong wrong thing that I'm doing like there's just a lot of things that actually go into being at a young age and having those love um those high level skills as well I mean yes in order for you to get to certain levels you do have to meet a criteria of skills that you have to do which is another thing that if your mind is progressing really fast and you'll progress fast as well. Unlike a lot of other sports where you really train to, I guess, get into it, you know, maybe in late teens, early twenties. I mean, gymnastics seems like it's, it's a little bit more rushed than other sports. I mean, coming out of Tokyo, uh, you know, um, here in Canada, obviously our big one was uh, Ellie black. And I think she's at the age of 24. They're saying, well, is she too old for this? But then of course we do see, uh, I believe there was the one Russian who, was uh, competing in like her fifth Olympics or something like that. But uh, is there a big push, especially at a young age, I would have to imagine if that's the case where there's a lot of pressure where, you know, you only have limited amount of time. You need to be able to get in here as quickly as possible, uh, escalate, you know, to this level by this age. It, it, does it come on really quickly at a young age in gymnastics compared to other sports that you know of? Yeah, I believe so. A lot of people will say, 
oh yeah, I'm this age and I started late. Like for gymnasts, seven is late. Seven, eight is late. So I started late in gymnastics. A lot of gymnasts are started when they were like three or four, really, really young, which is kind of crazy to think because like in other, other sports, you don't start until like, oh yeah, I know how to hit a ball. Or, oh yeah, I know how to throw football. Oh yeah, I know how to dribble basketball. And it's like your mind. But for us, it's, we were put into a sport when, when we were itsy bitsy, like in mommy and mean classes. So it's like, it like differs in different ways. Um, but other than that, I mean, if you want to start at whatever age you want to start at and you feel like you can progress really, really fast and do that. Cause it's all about the experiment experience and the enjoyment that you want to have coming out of it. A lot of people just want to do a sport just to do a sport and their expectations are high. And if they have high expectations and they know that they can fulfill those expectations, then go out there and have fun. So what you're saying, Jordan, at the age of 34, I'm still <laughs> not too late to start. I could push for an Olympic spot in Paris if I'm that good. Um, yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> she knows you, Ben. That's why there's the hesitation. <laughs> I, I mean, for, for us, like, we start at, for me, I started when I was seven, right? And everybody was like, oh, you started so late. But in my head, I skipped two levels and started elite at the age of 11. So in my head, I'm like, how did I start late if I skipped two levels? It's because like our minds were progressing faster than anybody else's, which is really crazy because we have to think a lot. Like everything that we think about, we have to make sure it's on point. We think about different skills every single day and we don't know what skill we're going to do that day. Like there's just a lot. Um, that um, girl who just competed, it was her last Olympics in Tokyo. She's been doing that forever, right? Forever. And it's it's her dedication because she knows her body. Like it's all physical and mental for us. Everything you, if you physically can do everything, yes, go for it, do it. But also you have to understand like mentally as well, you have to be there. Cause if you're not, then it's not going to turn out very well and you, you can get injured in that way. So for that, I always forget her name, but Oksana. Yeah, Oksana, yeah. yeah. She physically and mentally was there, so she was able to keep doing those Olympics and keep doing this, that, and the other. So I think it it also comes down to that, your physical health and your mental health, that can determine whether or not you can be pushed further past 24, 25, 26, and see how you feel. For instance, Chelsea Memel, she came back. Mm. Yeah. no one, no one never, ever did I ever think that she was going to come back just to compete and go out there. It's because she knew physically and mentally that she would be able to do it. So at the end of the day, it's all about truly like physically, are you there? And mentally, can you do it? I'm not taking that as a no, Colin. Just saying. <laughs> uh, just after this interview, I'm going to the gym. That's that simple. Oh. It's my day. <laughs> No, um, I, I think I've seen Ben. He's not graceful enough for this part. Maybe we could get him into something, something a little bit more along the skeleton. Uh. <laughs> hey, I wouldn't say no. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, I have to wonder with all these different disciplines that you do compete in, there's some, as you said, that you perform better at, but uh, what about the ones that you just enjoyed more others? I, I guess I'm more interested in the ones that you just hated. Was there anything where you're like, is there any way we can just skip the pole vault? Or is there any way that we could skip the balance being like, what was the one that was like the widow maker for you? Um, I don't have one that's like that. 
I like all my events the same. I mean, yes, some of them weren't as pretty as the others because I just wasn't built for those two. Um, but I like them all the same. I enjoyed them all the same. I, if I would have to choose, I would probably say beam that I really am just like, why are we flipping on a four inch piece of wood and <laughs> hoping that that doesn't make sense. Um, but other than that, no, I think of them all the same. It's pretty cool. I mean, half the time I think I'm flying or like, Oh wow. Like I feel like a cat. <laughs> so, it, it's cool. It's different. It's interesting. Did you have a point you sort of mentioning about watching Beijing going, mom, I want to be an Olympian. And then obviously fast forward a few years later when you kind of are on that cusp, you're just about to go into elite level gymnastics. Were you watching London, you know, watching Michaela Maroney, these sort of people going like, wow, like this, this is achievable. This is what I'm doing. This is what I really want to aspire to be. And then kind of after that, are you are you then all of a sudden teammates of these girls that you're you're sort of watching kind of as you progress it? And, and if so, it must Star be like struck. a pretty kind of surreal feeling to to be in that position. It's cool. It's definitely cool. I mean, from Beijing to London to Rio to now, those uh, it it's all about. I want to say those are my idols. They're my heroes and they're my inspiration. Um. So it's pretty cool just to even say, oh, yeah, you're an inspiration. And then them commenting on something or sending a message over saying, oh, my gosh, you did such an amazing job. Like you deserve everything that you did. It's pretty cool just to see that your your idol and your inspiration is helping you out in a way that you never thought you guys would be friends. Um, So I do have to say, like all those people. Allie, I love Allie. She's like a mom to me. Kyla, she was such a great teammate. Um, Maddie, she was such a good teammate. Nasi and Sean, they were such great mentors, mentors and idols and inspirations as well. Um, so it, it like every single one that I watched, I was like, I want to be like them. I want to be like them. I want to be like them. And now being in that position of me saying, oh my gosh, I am them. Like, that's so cool. <laughs> That's really cool. And not only, for instance, like with Simone, when I watched her, I didn't even really know who she was when I first met her, which was back in like 2014. That was a long time ago. And I met her and I was like, oh, my goodness, like I want to be friends with you. Like I had deep feelings. I was going to be friends with her, which is pretty crazy to see how we are now. Like we're like the dynamic duo that everybody wants to be. I'm just like, Files oh, okay. and Childs, right? Like, it's kind of yeah. sounds like it could be a TV show. <laughs> right? Yeah, buddy cop <laughs> series. <laughs> um, but, like, just our friendship that we have, it's pretty cool because in 2016, it was like, you're my idol, you're my inspiration, and now she still is my idol, my inspiration, but also she is my best friend. So it's pretty cool just to see, like, the eras of who came, who I became friends with and who are still my inspirations and idols. Do you remember a moment, whether it was in competition, uh, maybe on a podium or even in between competitions, where you realized between Rio and Tokyo, okay, I have a shot now, I potentially could be making the next Olympic team? It was, so I actually missed 2016 by four months. Wow. 
Ouch. Um, was that heartbreaking? So like, you're like, couldn't I have been bored a few months earlier? Uh, yeah, so I actually missed 2016 by four months. It was really hard because I was like, oh my goodness, like I really was that close to have that chance. But, you know, you can't control the rules. You can't can't control anything that happened. So I was just like, okay. Um, it was the year after 20, it was 2017. And I was like, I have a chance. I have a huge chance that I'll be able to make Tokyo 2020 when it was supposed to be 2020. Yeah. Before the whole <laughs> Remember that um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, And so then that, that's when I was like, okay, we're going to be, we're going to push. We're going to do whatever we need to do to make this team. Cause I knew I was able to make it and I was going to do what I said, like, I'm going to make it. I was going to put my mind to it. It's just crazy to know, like, it, it was also something that I was determined to do. Cause I knew I had missed 2016 by four months. Mm, so close, so close. But it's also like the thing that I could imagine is helpful. You know, when you are making team, the junior U S team and going to, you know, events, at that age before you can then join sort of the elite team. I mean, how helpful is it then going to a, an international competition, you know, when, when you're only 13 years of age representing the U S so that when you are kind of making the, the senior team, the elite team, and you've got that progression where you're looking for an Olympics. I mean, I can imagine that experience helps you uh, on that international stage and mentally as an athlete, you've kind of, well, I've done this. This is just the next level up on the ladder. Now it's pretty simple. Yeah, I would say, yes, it would be pretty simple if junior and senior wasn't such a big difference. Um, for juniors, we still have that little kid mind. I don't want to say a lot of the juniors are little kids, but we still have that mindset of, oh, my gosh, I'm a junior. Like, yeah, we're making junior things. But as, when you come a senior, everything changes. You have a lot more things that you can make. You have worlds. You have different international assignments that you can make compared to a junior. So it's, it's pretty, it's kind of difficult at the same time because you know, you have to have bigger skills to be able to make that team and to be able just to be up there with the big kids, like the big dogs, like how everybody else is doing. Um, so it's, it's like a, it's like half and half, like, yes, it's, I know I've been in this stage before I'm doing an international competition because I did as a junior, but it's also different because, you have bigger skills that you learned and you don't know how you're going to be able to perform because you're, you're, this is your first time doing being a senior and all this stuff. So it's like half and half. It's similar, but different at the same time. You know, we started asking this question uh, last year when Tokyo was originally delayed and we've gotten all, I mean, of course, nobody really wanted to have to go through COVID, but uh, the difference of answers that we get, you know, from some people saying, you know, that extra year helped me and other people saying like, oh, that extra year, you know, it really just upped the nerves that I had. What was it like for you knowing that 2020 was going to be pushed back an entire year? Did that give you more time to prepare for it, more time to train? It was devastating knowing that 20, it was 2020 was about to be postponed. It was so devastating. I literally looked at my mom and I was like, are you serious? Like we have to figure out what to do. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but at that moment, I think that's when I realized like, no, Jordan, you've done so much throughout your whole entire gymnastics career for you just to be at this point and just quit. And so that's where everything was like, okay, we're going to go for that extra year. Um, it helped me. Yes. 
that extra year did help me because I found a better version of myself. I was able to figure out what I wanted to do. I was able to become healthier mentally and physically. So it did help me, but I, it, it makes me devastated only because it was because of something very, very tragic. It was because of, of a pandemic, like all the losses to those people. Like I truly, truly feel bad for them because that sucks. That's awful to even, for that even to happen. Um, it, and it's crazy just to even think about, like we're still going through things like that. People are still losing family members, friends, um, aunts, uncles because of what's going on. Uh, but I do have to say like, yes, it did help me in a way. And am I proud that this happened in this way? Not really, because it's still a tragic moment, but at the end of the day, everything happens, things happen. Nobody can control the world. Nobody can control what happens with this, that, or the other. So, um, I'm happy that the extra year helped me because I'm here right now giving you guys this little um, interview for you guys. Uh, but then at the same time, I wish it was still in a position to where everything would have been normal. It's also interesting to sort of see your journey between, you know, making the senior team sort of up in the lead up to the Olympics, uh, change of coaching. Uh, I believe you sort of had some struggles even prior to the pandemic about whether or not you wanted to continue in the sport, injuries, everything along those lines. I mean, obviously skipping a little bit ahead here and we'll, we'll kind of come back to the Olympics itself. But when that medal is placed around your neck in Tokyo through what you were just talking about, the pandemic and ultimately everything that you kind of experienced in that Olympiad period, I mean, does that make it all the more worth that journey given all the struggles that you sort of did have over the last few years to even sort of make it to Tokyo? It does. That medal shows all the aches, pains, coach swaps, gyms, um, knowing if you're going to be put on a team, getting injured before you got on a team, like that's where getting that medal putting around you feels like, because you're like, this is a reward that I got out of it. And this is all that dedication and missing school, uh, missing school and missing school dances and online school and not being able to go to this friend's party and not being able to go on vacations because you knew you had a job and you knew you had that dedication of knowing I'm going to be here in this moment. And this moment is getting this medal put around me because of what I have accomplished. And this is my reward. I know it was different with a lot of sports, but um, what was that year leading into Tokyo like? Like, were there competitions so that you could stay fresh, you could stay, uh, you know, in shape? Um, and, and then the qualification process as well, you know, is this something where they had to determine the team just based on past years? Or did you get a chance to really prepare for Tokyo like you normally would? No, we had a normal year. Um, our first competition was in February. It was called the Winter Cup. Uh, that was my first competition back in over a year. So I was like, really, really like, oh my gosh, like I haven't done this in forever, but I was happy to be out there because it was going to give us the opportunity to feel like we're competing again and get that, those jitters that everybody gets. So we're not too nervous for when the big competitions come. But um, I was... I was happy that we kind of had a normal year. I mean, yes, we still had COVID protocols. We still had to wear masks. We still had to do this. We still had to do COVID tests and this and that. And there was just, it was a different, a different way because of COVID. But I'm, uh, based on what they had to do for the team, I specifically, they go from 
previous years to what was happening now. Um, so at that moment when they were choosing the team, it, they were just going on what they saw and how they, how others are performing and how you perform in general from past years and how you can be put on a team that's actually going to help and fulfill something great. And, you know, that's, that's how they choose, choose teams. That's how they choose teams in general. It's just mm. how you perform that day and how you can be put in a position at any point in time. Like what happened in Tokyo for me? Exactly. <laughs> Exactly what happened it, in Tokyo. It's it's an obviously an interesting situation to be in where you're performing to your best, but it's not say like a track and field event where if you run a certain time, you're gonna make the Olympics. You know, it's it's kind of it's it's based on everything that you were just saying. And you're not named to the team until basically what, a month before the Olympics. So it's kind of it's not even a case that you know you're on that team six months before. You're working your butt off until that final selection. I mean just mentally, what is that like? You're doing everything you can and that it, like basically a month out from the Olympics when they announce that team, that there's still a possibility that no matter what you've done, you might not be on that team. Mentally, it's hard because mentally you're just like, oh, I did so much. I did this, did that, da, 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 da. and you're talking to yourself and your brain is just getting drained, drained with social media comments, tweets, people telling you this, people telling you that, negative energy, like pause, like there's just a lot of stuff that's going through your head that you're just trying to figure out. I did my best. I did my job. And you're hoping to be put on that team. And it sucks. It really sucks being in that back room and just sitting there waiting for your name to be called. And then you either hear or you don't, it's heartbreaking because deep down, you're just like, I did everything I could. And what, and that's where a lot of people think is, what could I have done better? And a lot of the time you either look at yourself and be like, you did everything you could and this was just not your moment or that one tenth or that one little wobble that you had could have saved you is what happens that goes through our head. It's really, it's really tough. It's really tough. It's devastating. It's sometimes annoying because you're like, I literally did everything. I did everything and I don't know what I could have done different. Uh, and so it, it just, it just depends. And we're, we'll find out a little bit, you know, how much things can change even once you're in the middle of competition, but uh, for something like gymnastics, you know, I, I don't know how much, you know, going in, you know, that you're going to Tokyo, you know, you're going to be on the team. When you land, do you have it confirmed? Okay. I will be in these events. I'm going to go through qualifications or, does it sort of get played day by day? Because what we're going to you know, realize with you is that a lot of stuff changed at the last minute. But uh, what what could you mentally prepare for when you landed that it wasn't just up in the air? You know, I'm just waiting on a call. For you mean like in the Olympics, like at yeah, the like Olympics? When you got to Tokyo, like before when you land, do you know, OK, I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to be doing this. I need to mentally prepare. And then everything else is just literally nothing. It's just <laughs> No, when we land in Tokyo, we're all competing for the same spots. We're all competing for the all around. We're all competing for event finals. We're all competing for team finals. So when we land in Tokyo and we're getting ready for practices and this, that, or the other, when it comes to qualification day, 
that's when we have to we have to do our best because that's the most stressful day you will ever see an athlete go through his mm-hmm. qualification day because that that qualification day is you're qualifying for team you're qualifying for all around you're qualifying for event finals and that's just a lot on itself because you're like thinking oh my gosh i have to think about myself but then also i have to think about the team but then also i have to think about myself like there's just a lot of stuff that goes through your head and then at the end of the day like you don't know what's going to happen because they only take the top two from each country for gymnastics and it's hard because you're just like you're beating some you're trying to beat somebody on your own team mm-hmm. plus you're trying to be somebody on a different team so it's just like a lot of stuff going through your head we don't know anything i mean half of us know like okay i will be using used for these two events most likely for team finals and then we'll see about event finals like that's how that's what i was thinking going into this because I was like, okay, I know I'm going to be used for these two events, and we'll see about the other two events for a team final. Um, I mean, obviously that changed because it was was great, Uh, but we don't really know what's going to happen right when we get off the right when we land in Tokyo, like or wherever we're going. We don't know what's happening. We just go day by day, which must then make it sort of so tricky in those aspects when you as an athlete are maybe not doing what you expect to be doing in an event like that, you know, you have a couple of struggles and kind of perform that way. And then ultimately, as you say, though, it's, it's not always about you. It's about the team as well. So how do you then after the the qualification, when you obviously probably didn't achieve what you were hoping to set out to achieve in that, do you just kind of have to like sort of put that aside and kind of think about the greater good, look at look to what's happening with the team. And then ultimately before we get to what happened in Tokyo and kind of the, the last minute call up that you do get, I mean, how are those emotions kind of before that happens, given that I'm sure you went into the event hoping to achieve something that maybe you ultimately didn't, weren't able to achieve? Going, obviously, yes, qualifications was a very, very tough meet for me, but I knew I had to put that, aside I had my little pity party of telling people that I failed and I didn't deserve to be here and all this stuff and just a lot of things that I wish I never said because obviously the outcome was totally different to what I was saying um but I knew I had to put that aside because it at that moment it wasn't about me anymore anymore I knew I still had a team I was part of the team and I need we needed as a team to come together and enjoy the moment that we wanted to enjoy so I just put it aside and you know I just had fun with everything after that cheering my teammates on for event finals all around and all that because it was it was more than just at that point it was more than just me it was also a, a team it's also similar uh you know how in swimming you have the 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 relays uh track mm-hmm. and field as well you know everybody's part of that team but then you know okay well I'm an alternate or whatever how often does it come up what happened in Tokyo where I'm sure you're thinking, well, you know, if something happens, then maybe they'll pull me up. Is that something that you're mentally prepared for when they say you're an alternate or you're like, all right, better sit back and relax. You know, I'll, I'll get dressed just in case, but you're not necessarily expecting that anything's going to happen like that. As alternates, um, I really don't know what they feel I mean, I could assume that they might be like, okay, yes, I'm an alternate, but 
I like I, I really don't know what they, they feel because the last time they practiced with us was like they left before we even competed. So when we start competing, <clears throat> when we start competing, they they can't they can't really substitute for us. So if as an alternate, it's more of if we get injured before we start competing, then they can step in and then that's when they can start competing. So it's like as an alternate, when they get there, I don't know if they're hoping. I mean, I hope that's not what they're thinking, that they're hoping one of us gets injured or something. But I think also it's more of the experience of saying that, yes, I was part of the I was an alternate for the Olympic team. Like, yes, I had a great experience and all that. So it just depends on who the person is. But personally, I don't truly know exactly what they're thinking. I've never asked them. Um, but I mean, it's kind of, I'm kind of curious now that you said it, like, what are you guys thinking? Cause <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's interesting. Like to even like truly think about like, yes, yeah, like, what do you guys think of being the alternate? It's actually interesting what you say, because I assume that they're there all the way up until the end, which, you know, it makes more sense now why in the all around competition, when Simone does pull out. Uh, or makes the decision, you know, what can we do here? You're all of a sudden doubling duties, you know, because you are in the middle of that competition. And now instead of bringing somebody who's fresh in, they're like, hey, Jordan, (laughs) I hope you got a lot of energy today because we're about to double your workload. Uh, (laughs) I'm sure you've told the story many times, but sort of take us through what happened when you found this out, you know, uh, did you have a moment where you panic or you're like, Oh, do I have this in me? Are these the right events for me to be competing? And do I have the energy? Cause I wasn't preparing for this and, and there is no alternate, you know, this is the only choice. Um, I was shocked. Like I was in shock. I was like, is this really happening? I honestly thought like she was going to be able to continue, but once she told me, I saw in her eyes and it made me almost like, like I was start, I started crying. I was devastated because I saw in her eyes that she wasn't going to be able to continue. And so when my coach told me, she was just like, Jordan, put your grips on. I was like, huh? Like you're, you're joking. I already being serious. Like I'm a little confused. And she was like, no, like put your grips on. And I was like, okay. So I started putting my grips on and then Simone came over to us and she told us, and I was like, well, this is, this is what we are going to do here. We're just going to go for it. Just have fun. And so that's when, I think that's when we all realized, like, look, we are a team. We fight. We aren't quitters. We're not just going to let something like this bring us down and break us apart because of who we are. Like we're going to go out there and show the world or team USA, no matter what happens. Um, and so I, that's what we did. And I think once we all realized, look, we, we, whatever is thrown at us, like we can be great. And so with her, with Simone's little thing that happened that I wish never happened because I know she, she, she's not a quitter like at all. Like, and that's one thing a lot of people were like, Oh my gosh, she bailed on the team. Like, no, she didn't. She came out there and showed the world, look, I can also support my team in many different ways. I'm going to be out here. If I was a quitter, I would have just been in the back doing whatever. Like, she's not a quitter. She was practicing. She was doing this, that, or the other. So 
just having her support out there, getting us chalk, telling us like, guys, we got this, like just enjoy the moments. That's somebody that's a hero and inspiration an idol, a mentor, a sister, a friend, a, sometimes even a mother to us. Like those are the things that a lot of people needed to see. And I'm happy they were able to see that because there's more to her. Uh, and me stepping in those humongous shoes made it even better because I was like, I'm doing this for you. This is for you because I know who you are and you're the, you're the goat. She was the goat for the reason and having her all there and being there, it was amazing. Um, but besides that, I could tell you what was going through my head was what am I doing? This <laughs> 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 is crazy. Um, I was just crazy. I was just like, I was really just in shock all the way to the end. It didn't hit me until we, it didn't hit me until before we had to go onto the podium to get our medals. Wow. I was just, oh my gosh, what did I just do? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> Which it must, is it sort of works on a level of adrenaline? Is it that mentality you're saying about this is your job, you've got to go out there and you've always got to be prepared for situations like this where you've just got to put it aside and, and, and perform to the best of your ability and then that's when that realisation hits you about, as you're saying, like, what's happening right now? How did this all, how did this all play out right now? Yeah, like, because a lot of the things we don't expect, like, we don't expect a lot of things that happen at all because we're so prepared. We're so into us knowing that, yes, I know I can make this routine. This is why I'm here. Or, yes, I know I could do this ball and this is because this is why I'm here. Like, there's a lot of things that we were just not expecting in ourselves and then also, like, team-wise, like, we were just like, oh my goodness, like this just happened. Like, what do we do? Like, we were all like going crazy. But after that, it was like, bam, 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 meets over, get a medal, da, da, da. and we all just looked at each other and we're like, so what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm confused. Like, are you because I'm confused? Like, I don't even know what just happened, but you know, we're just gonna take it for the ride and just enjoy it. So it was crazy. It was really crazy. I mean, even me just thinking about it now, I'm just like, wow, that was how long ago? And we did that? Like, that's that's a little scary. <laughs> we talked a lot, uh, what you're saying about Simone's decision. Uh, we talked a lot during the Olympics about what she really did was she made the call that was going to keep you guys in the competition. You know, she kind of reached a point where she realized, you know, I don't want to cost the team this. But then at the same time, she had enough faith in you or the coaches had enough faith in you. Everybody had enough faith that you were going to step up to that. Uh, now, having come out of the qualifications where you didn't perform your best, uh, obviously you had that shock. But did you have any of that worry or, or have you gone through the competitions enough where you realize, you know, you have one bad day, the next day you could be the best you've ever been? I know I was scared. I was terrified. I didn't know what was going to happen especially going on beam I was just like oh my goodness and I was last which made it even worse I don't think I've ever been so scared in my life like that was the most scariest thing I just wanted to get off that beam so fast but I knew I had to do it for my best friend and having her support there was amazing I loved it so much she was encouraging us so much and it was just crazy just to even like say Simone Biles she literally was supporting and she was like a coach out there 
getting us chalk, doing all these amazing things. And, you know, it was all for her. Her decision is her decision. That's what she decided. And that's what we all supported her on. And I feel like a lot of people are understanding now, which is really annoying that it's now you're understanding why you'd rest here and there, but everything happens for a reason. And I do have to say like, kudos to her. Like she is somebody that I wish I could be just to speak up and speak out because that those are things a lot of people are scared to do. And at that moment, she knew what she needed to do. So the one, kudos thing, to her. The, the one thing that I kind of see almost as a, as a weird, I don't know, positive without there being a crowd there and everything is that, um, you know, I'm sure you're aware of, the attention this is going to bring and the story it creates, but you're talking about sort of that that situation where you're called up, you perform, you're on the you know what just happened. But did it sort of blow you away afterwards? Just the the storm it caused. I mean, here in Australia, it was you know bigger stories than anything that was happening that day with our athletes. Colin was saying similar thing in, in Canada. I mean, this was arguably the biggest story of the Olympics. I mean, kind of did that surprise you? And what was it like? Sort of all of a sudden, you might have had 10 cameras in your face. Now you've got 100 cameras in your face instead, kind of having to deal with all of that afterwards. I mean, it was crazy. But, you know, I think it was all, all about, like, the reasoning on why she did it. Um, Not because of... Like, people wanted there to be an issue with her. Like, oh, she's injured. Oh, she's this. Like, they weren't understanding, oh, it was mentally. So I think that's why there were so many cameras doing this, doing that, explaining this, explaining that, because they wanted it to be an injury or they wanted it to be something. Like, there was just, there was just a lot that everybody wanted to have their point out. But... I mean, it's still a story now. She's an mm. advocate for she's an advocate for mental health now, and I don't think she ever thought that would be a thing. But for her, she went past the athlete point of it. She went past her gymnastics point of it. Now she's into the mental health of things, and which is pretty cool because she has so much. Her voice is humongous. Her voice is very, very loud and needs to be heard and that's what that's what happened and I think that's why there's still so many stories out about it and why it's still such a big thing because her voice herself is is big and for yourself too is that something that you would also like to continue to push forward and advocate for that you know you can use the the platform of what happened to you personally to also join in with someone like Simone and kind of advocate for mental health amongst elite athletes I mean I would love to do that. Mental health is something that I wish was spoken upon way before this even happened. Mental health is in everybody. Everybody, it's not even just in athletes, it's also in human beings as like regular people, like on the street. Like mental health is something I wish a lot of people could be advocates for. Do I wish I was do I wish I was as bold as Simone was? Yes, of course. Everybody does. Do I wish I was such a huge inspiration like her? Yes, of course. I mean, my time is my time will come when it's my time. But I would love to help with the whole mental mental health advocate situations and everything because I think it's pretty cool to be able to help others out there. I love helping people. 
And it's something that I hope to continue to help people even in my in my ways, in my different ways of being an African-American gymnast and being somebody who can just go out there and have fun and show the world like sports are also fun and not just so strict and everything. So it's pretty cool. I mean, my stories are cool. I love seeing all the different things that people write up about me because it, it tells different sides of who I am because there's more than just, I'm more than just an athlete. Yeah, uh, During the Tokyo Games, we covered every single day we had an episode. And one of the things we did was, well, we named an athlete of the day where we'd all come to a consensus on this. So um, I'm, I'm putting this out there right now. I put you up for athlete of the day, the day that happened. I was shot down by somebody else who's on this call uh, on a technicality because a weird time difference I was like, well, that was yesterday, so it doesn't count. I'm like, well, it was today for me. So, but I, I wanted, I wanted on record here that I put you up for athlete of the day, and I want an amendment right now that we could at least give, <laughs> give, give Jordan an interview of the day or something along those lines because I feel like my pitch was good enough that I think I, my, our co-host even said, I like where you're going with this, but it was yesterday. So it was. Do we have an amendment? Wrong. He was brilliant. He sold you so well, and we were like, yeah, absolutely. The issue here, Colin, is that that was yesterday, mate. Like, move on. Like, this is athlete of the day. I'm being like, penalized <laughs> for being in North America. It was. It was today for me. Uh, well, thank you for giving me athlete of the day. That that makes me very very happy. We'll put it. We'll uh, put I, a little asterisk next to that day, then, Colin, to say that you <laughs> yes. know the North American athlete of the day, right? <laughs> I do want to make a pitch, though, because uh, we mentioned Childs and Biles. I mean, it's got a great sound to a buddy cop, but the whole story you just told there, I mean, I'm seeing a big movie. I mean, this could be the next miracle or, or something along those lines. So uh, maybe we can do some off-air uh, production stuff and off the podium <laughs> can produce Childs and Biles, the motion picture, and we can tell this story. You can even star as yourselves. You're still, you're still able to play yourself, right? <laughs> yes you know I, i've actually i think it would be cool i think it would be really cool to have a charles and biles little documentary or like a podcast or something because the things that we both have gone through let alone ourselves but also together is they're pretty cool stories um i thought of it so i don't know maybe maybe you'll see some charles and biles podcast somewhere or little documentary or something you never know we you always know, like podcasters right here Right. Yeah. We well, could, yeah, uh, exactly. We you know, I was, I was thinking rivals, but Collins on the ball. Like, if you need some teammates, hey, like, you know, just saying that that works too as well. About teamwork, um, Ben. <laughs> yeah, teamwork. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Now, before we sort of close out with a series of sort of fun get to know you questions, Jordan, that we always like to do, just a couple of things. The time recording this, uh, you're on the cusp of uh, doing a bit of a tour called Gold Over America. Now, um, for maybe our non-American listeners out there, give us a bit of an idea about uh, what this is, kind of what it entails and kind of how excited are you to hit the road, travel across the country and, and do what you do best and, and perform. So basically what this tour is going to be, I mean, uh, just think of it as like a pop concert, but gymnastic style. So there's going to be like lots of LED lights. There's going to be social media interactions. There's going to be like a spoken word. It's going to be like a little gymnastics expedition exposition because it's like we're doing skills that we might have done in the, in the Olympics, but not as difficult because we don't need to be doing those anymore. We're, 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 we're a little tired from the last time, we did. Um, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun. We'll be able to have 
um, a little interaction, hopefully with the audience and see how everything goes. It's going to be a great experience. I'm actually, uh, I found out about it as again, I mentioned uh, Ellie Black earlier. She's on the tour. So I was hoping there'd be a Canadian stop, but is this only going to be in America or are we going to have you know, gymnastics across Canada coming soon? <laughs> I personally do not know because it's um, Simone's tour herself. She's the one who decided like this is going to be her tour. Um, it's Athletic Presents Gold over America tour. So it's going to be really cool. I mean, there's been a lot of people saying that they wish that it was going out of the United States and going to different countries and stuff, but that's on her. I don't know what she's going to do. You never know next. She's like, okay, yeah, let's just go all the way to North America or wherever we're going. Like, <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, I think it'd be cool if we went to different, different countries. I think that'd be really, really cool. Bring, bring it up on the first episode. Yeah, okay, I will. I was going to say bring it up on the first episode of the podcast as, as well. But uh, also, yeah. <laughs> too, before we before we get to the final set of questions as well for yourself, uh, UCLA is happening. Bruins gymnastics team, I believe they are. Excited for, for this opportunity? I am excited. I've been committed there since I was in eighth grade. So actually being wow. able to go on campus and be part of the team is going to be really cool. Hopefully I'll be able to do big things for them and, you know, just – Take on that Bruin Nation. And before we get to our final set of questions, this is Ben's favorite question here. And uh, we've had one person give the right answer, uh, <laughs> or at least the answer Ben wants. Uh, but uh, the Olympic medal you have, I guess, two part. Where do you keep this? Uh, and then have you ever used it to get anything free? That's the part that Ben really <laughs> likes. Um, so my medal is kept in a secret place that nobody really knows where it's at. Um, and have I used it to get anything free? No, but people know who I am. <laughs> so I that don't counts. need to, I don't need to see the medal. Um, <laughs> yeah. When you've got Reese like Witherspoon carded, retweeting right? you, <laughs> you know, like Reese Witherspoon's a friend, right? So like kind of things like that help in the long term. <laughs> yeah. Reese Witherspoon, um, who else is like my friend? Um, I don't the know, goat, Simone Biles, kind of helps. Yeah, probably gets you ben in a few Waterworth, places. Ben Waterworth, Colin Yeah. Right. People, people would come up to me and be like, "Oh my gosh, are you Simone Biles' best friend?" I'm like, <laughs> "Yes, I have." Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe. How do you know that she doesn't? Does she not go into rooms like, "Oh my god, are you Jordan Charles's best friend?" Like that could work <laughs> yeah. the other way if you asked her. You never know. You never. Maybe, maybe I should ask her one day. Be like, "Hey, do people ask you if you're my best friend?" Because yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. Like, I can see it working that way. <laughs> I'm, I've never used my medal to get anything free yet. I'm just saying yet. <laughs> you never know. You never. I mean, you are named after another goat. Maybe you can just wave that around and be like, "Hey, hey, MJ, I, I'm named after you. We're fellow Olympic medalists." <laughs> Put me in Space Jam Three. <laughs> yes, but there you go. Got connected. There's a movie. You and Simone. Right? Space Jam 3. Space Jam 3. Here we yeah. go. Vault Jam or something like that. Uh, as we mentioned, we, we like to close it out with a series of sort of just get to know you, quick fire questions, kind of some random ones here, some uh, questions you've probably answered a lot, some that you're probably thinking, why the hell are they asking me that? But this is how we like to close it out. I'm going to start with a question I always might know the answer to but we'll see how you go with this one who to you is the greatest olympian of all time greatest olympian of all time 
Oh, there's so many. <laughs> I'll just say Simone. Okay. I thought you might have gone there. I, I was kind of loosely I don't know, guessing. Like Nadia Comunis, there's Dominique Daz, there's Nastia, there's Sean, there's Simone, there's Dominique Mochianu, there's Courtney. There's so many. I can Jordan name Giles. them all. <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to answer yourself now. Come on. <laughs> Uh, next question. I think you also uh, answered this earlier, but just confirms for us. The, the first U- Olympics you remember watching was? 2008 Beijing. Beautiful. That's, it's always that fearful question that Colin and I have that ages us when all of a sudden yeah. we get people you know, answering like Beijing and we're going, yeah, we totally don't remember watching Barcelona in 92 or <laughs> Seoul in 88 or things like that. Um, if you could be any superhero, who would you be? Wonder Woman. Yes. Great. I like it. Yes. <laughs> uh, your favorite ice cream flavor is? Vanilla. Mm, I love when people answer vanilla because people just, it's underrated. People always talk you know about what? vanilla as being plain. But My wife today, she she brought me home vanilla syrups. You usually get chocolate syrups you can put on ice cream. There's vanilla syrup now. So now Yum. I need to try vanilla syrup on chocolate ice cream or vanilla that syrup works. on vanilla ice cream. Yeah. Let's go all vanilla out. I like that. Um, if you were a baseball player, what would your walk-up music be? Rocky. Mm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we should play her out to that today. <laughs> <laughs> this one I really want to know. The best nickname you've ever been called is? Chick. Chick. Wow. Nice. Not Rocky. That's actually my nickname is Chick. Wow. And where does that come from? How does is how does that start? When I used to play t-ball when i was little the helmet was too big so when i would run you know in chicken little the movie when he yeah. has a helmet runs in his head like that's what i look like they called originally, originally it was called chicken i was called chicken little and then i went to chicken noodle because when i was younger i used to sing that song chicken noodle soup chicken noodle soup yeah. so then so then as I got older, they just took the words out and just started calling me Chick. Yeah, simplify it. It's very, that's an Australian thing to do. We just call everyone <laughs> random nicknames and shorten names. You know, you'd be like you'd be like Jordo or something like that in Australia. Like uh, that. I like that, Jordo. Jordo. You can use that. You're welcome. Um, if you weren't an athlete, what would you be? An actress. That works. I like it. I can see it. Um <laughs> I just, I'm just, yeah. No, well, the the biopic we're talking about before, you can clearly play yourself. So yeah, that works. There you go. Uh, I, I'm. Let's see if this matches in a, a question from earlier. Your favorite guilty pleasure snack is cookies. Ooh, yes. Chewy, specifically, or Oreos. Nice. Are you? Do you do the whole like split the Oreos, dunk them, kind of the standard way, or do you just go and just eat them? You know. No, sometimes I'll get like the mini Oreos and put it in a bowl and put milk over them and eat like mm. cereal. Oh, yes. That's amazing. Yum. That's clever. I like that. Um, I always get this one's kind of one that you always know straight away or you got to think about it a little bit. Your favorite ever song lyric is? Favorite song lyric? Yeah. So these are like a lyric of a song that every time you, you pump up something that there's one line of a song which always kind of stands out to you. I mean, again, this is always one that some people just have or they're like, hmm, that's a bit tricky. Well, I have a song. It's it's Motivation by Normani. 
Well, I guess I can see. It's like, um, it's like when she goes, think about it. Ooh, think of, take a look at me now. Elevation. That works. That's, that's, like, that. Take a look at me now. And then she says a little motivation. It was like telling people, look at me, like, look what I've done. Look what I've, all the, you know, and I that motivation. So. <laughs> I haven't told Ben this yet, but every time we ask that question, whatever the answer is, I add it to a workout playlist I have. So I'm starting to build my Olympic playlist. That's going to get me to that elite level. Uh, <laughs> you can add, you can add one more than um, wild side. It's by Normani as well. She, he's um, running a dance deal. Look at him. He's pretty. I am. Yeah. <laughs> There's this one part where she's like, it's like, shoot your shot. Cause I'm bulletproof. Nice. That's, yeah. That's one of the lyrics that I like. It's on there now. I, this is going to be another question for another recommendation. The most recent TV show you binge watch was. I'm almost out of the current show I'm watching, so I need a new one. Tell me what to watch. Grownish. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. You should watch it. It's really funny. <laughs> Do you need yeah. to see Blackish, or do, can you watch both at the same time? No, you can watch both at the same time. I haven't watched Blackish yet. I've been watching Grownish. That's why. Oh, and I still have to finish Outer Banks, but. Lots of recommendations. This is the only reason why Colin hosts his show. He, he, just, right. he just wants recommendations. <laughs> it's, it's that simple. Uh, your favorite place to compete in the world is? Tokyo. Good yeah. answer. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I feel like our last question here is a bit of a downer, but you know, I'm sure you can come up with a good answer. My biggest fear in life is? The, uh, the, 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 disappointing people. Not ha- not meeting that expectation. It's always. I feel that needs to come earlier, and like we need to end it on more of a, like a positive, because like, that's yeah. like very deep, and like wow, this is what we're gonna go with. And okay, I got, like, I got it though. New one here, new one. Here. Your favorite Olympic podcast is. <laughs> we're gonna She's cut out too the hard, silence. Colin, move on, move on. We're gonna She's cut out the, too hard. There's gonna be our. Uh, there's gonna be a deep voice in there off the podium. <laughs> <laughs> We'll dub that in, Jordan. It's fine. You know, no, no, no pressure. There's so many, there's so many I've done, and I don't even know the names of half of them. I That's know right. one of. We don't know, know the one... name of this one. <laughs> and then I know you guys, and then on Biles the other and Charles, Biles and Charles, yeah, Biles and Charles, the Biles and Charles podcast, BNC Best podcast, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jordan, before we let you go, um, if people want to follow the journey, follow what you're up to, kind of keep up to date, social media, where can where can people find you? Where where can people check out what you're up to? You can follow me on Instagram at Jordan Childs. All of my things are at Jordan Childs. You can follow me, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at Jordan Childs, on Twitter at Childs Jordan, and on TikTok at Jordan Childs. Nice. And uh, Jordan, you know, this has come full circle for us. We spent so much time talking about you during Tokyo. Now we get to complete the story. So uh, we can't thank you enough for joining us today. No, thank you for having me. This was amazing. I loved it. And thank you again to Jordan and her people for setting up this interview with us. Uh, and I'm glad we were able to ask her and confirm the Michael Jordan story because we were sort of talking off air right before it started. I'm not sure if she came in in the middle of us discussing this, uh, that, uh, yeah, she was named and we're like, she was a boy. Was it going to be Michael? And I don't think we got to ask that question. Did we? 
didn't didn't quite. But um, the one thing that I think is funny is that obviously you know Jordan's story is always going to be tied with Simone Biles in some way. You know, people are always going to ask her about that. But I, I honestly, at the end of the day, was like, hey, well, this is probably the closest connection I'll ever get to Michael Jordan. So, um, <laughs> I, I, no disrespect to to Simone Biles, but personally, for me, it was more of a hey. This person was named after another goat of a sport that I was obsessed with as a kid. So look at me, six degrees of Kevin Bacon towards Michael <laughs> Jordan. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> That's the only reason you do this podcast is just get yeah. closer and closer to one day talking to Olympic gold medalist Michael Jordan. Well, who knows? One day we might speak to somebody called Wayne or Gretzky. I know he's not an Olympic medalist, but he's still an Olympian. So, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it could happen. You never know. I mean, it if could. we had a chat to an, an Esther or a Ledecker that's, you know, close somehow. We got Chloe on the show. Never say mm-hmm. never. We have we have goals on the show. I could be an Olympian. Jordan didn't say no. Didn't say yes either, but <laughs> she, she had a long pause, though. I <laughs> As a no. Also, but, with uh, the podcast can... question, there, there's a good plug for our <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> show. Name your favorite off the uh, Olympic podium. Awkward pause. Okay, <laughs> we'll move on from that question. Um, didn't get the memo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got plenty more stuff coming. I mean, we're we have more interviews and we know what to do with basically. So uh, some of them we're going to make you pay for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're we're not actually. Wow, <laughs> we have this meeting. Uh, <laughs> where did this happen? <laughs> Send twenty dollars to Colin Hilding. <laughs> if you want to hear the Michael Jordan interview, pay us. <laughs> yes, uh, but uh, the order's all over the place. Just trust me. You tune in. You're gonna get something good. How many are we at now? Three a week. Yeah, we're still at three a week. Um, plugging Maybe along by very, the time this is airing, we could be at could six be a week. More. Who knows? Uh, plenty moving along towards Beijing as it gets a little bit closer. Obviously, kind of the, the summer athletes have taken a bit of a, a dominance, but that doesn't stop us from having some winter athletes as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's closer and closer to Beijing. We're, we're very busy at the off-the-podium offices. Apparently so busy we're starting to charge for it. Glad, you know, we... Uh, <laughs> discuss these things but no it's 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 a lot of uh a lot of great content that we know that uh both our listeners clearly one of them's not jordan uh will love so uh <laughs> listen to the charles and biles podcast so much better than this it yes. doesn't even exist yet so i mean well, it probably saying. does by now we plan to probably see. exactly getting, number one we're not getting royalties podcast. off that <laughs> yeah. yeah where's our royalties come on <laughs> Uh, so stay tuned. Make sure to subscribe to us uh, wherever you are listening currently. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, YouTube. No, maybe. Uh, I don't know. We started one. I don't think we ever continued it. Go back and listen to two episodes from 2016 <laughs> on our YouTube channel that stopped being updated. So, yeah, I think while everyone's on TikTok, we're still on Vine. So you're welcome. And find our MySpace page. <laughs> maybe follow you can be our top 10 friends. <laughs> Unfriend Tom there's, on the off the podium MySpace page. There's literally ten people left on MySpace. We're friends with them all. Hey, we can say we're hundred percent friends with everyone on MySpace. We sound cool when we say that. So we should just start a MySpace. I'm sure you can, right? Like I'm sure there's still a platform. Since Justin Timberlake bought it, I'm sure it still exists. So You know, you talk about how we feel like we date ourselves when people are like, Oh, I remember my first Olympics being Beijing. Start asking about MySpace in these and see if anybody yeah. we interview knows what we're talking about. Back of that, I'm going to ask about Live Journal. Um, you know, <laughs> that aged me even more. That was my first ever social media Live Journal and DeviantArt. Do you remember those? God. Wow. If you want to see us on any of those platforms, just let us know. We'll sign up for one We're listener. on AIM Messenger. Send us a message. <laughs> 
If you pay us, we will be. Uh, anyways, until next time, um, Charles and Biles coming soon. And Ben closing out, go left. Turning Japanese up and come, turning Japanese up and come.